Greetings, dear Earth family. Welcome to Ascension Stories. Today we have Taylor. Taylor. Taylor is a spiritual life coach and energy worker, and she specializes in shadow work, ancestral healing, and helping others expand their mindset and gifts. Welcome, Taylor. Hi, thank you so much for having me. What an honor. Thank you so much for being here. I really oh. love all the stuff that you do. It reminds me of somebody. <laughs> Um, might be a mere reflection i don't know <laughs> like seriously uh this um so usually i like to ask uh my guests the subject that they want to discuss and everything that she listed i was like yes <laughs> this is just my my thing um yeah i've been interviewing amazing people this, but this was just like really on the money of the things that i like favor heck yeah <laughs> um, so um, usually, as you know, I like to jump straight into it and mm -hmm. ask like, my, my guests for their ascension journey. Whatever pops up, however long, however short, it's up to you. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so my ascension journey has been kind of a long one with many different layers and chapters. Um, but I would say that my journey on a spiritual path kind of started when I was about 12. So when I was 12, um, I actually got my first Oracle deck, which was a fairy deck by um, a lady called Doreen Virtue. And um, I don't really follow any of her teachings now because she's kind of um, jumped ship a little bit. <laughs> but I still, um, that's one of my favorite decks because it was my very first one. So I, I have to keep it, you know, and um, I'm very in tune with like the elementals and the fairy realm and nature spirits and things like that. So that was kind of my introduction to the spiritual realm. And I've always just had this inner knowing that I was connected to something more, um, even just as a child, like I just knew. And so that knowing carried me throughout my life, especially through the really, really um, tough times. Like when I was younger, I was diagnosed with, you know, really uh, major chronic depression and anxiety. And, you know, I've been through like sexual, sexual trauma and just a bunch of really dark things. But that inner knowing of my connection to something higher is what... Um, kept me going. It's what kept me, you know, alive in this plane of existence. So I owe a lot to spirituality and just that connection. It's been really beautiful. Um, but my more recent journey and the way that this has progressed into me becoming, um, you know, like a spiritual coach and an energy healer actually started after I had, um, you know, a breakup with a significant other. And I was trying to find myself and I went and did an ayahuasca retreat. Um, I think in 2020 in Costa Rica. And so that opened up a whole bunch of doors for me, like within my spiritual gifts and just um, clearing out a lot of my shadows um, to make room to hold more light within my body and to, um, you know, kind of raise my vibe and help others do the same. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of been the journey. And it's just been this, um, just this journey of unlayering. So, you know, um, throughout this journey, like, you know, I've discovered that I'm all sorts of things that are not within the norm. Like I'm not straight, I identify as queer. So I, I gender to me, like, doesn't matter as far as like my attraction to people. I just found out that I was diagnosed with like ADHD at the age of fucking 29. <laughs> but obviously it's something that I lived with my entire life. And um, yeah, I'm just very not normal like by society's standards you know and uh yeah so i embrace that now it was something that i used to hide and 
try to fit in with other people a lot and it just never worked out for me. So as soon as I just started following my own path and listening to my own authentic divine truth, it's led me on this really beautiful path of just connecting with awesome people like yourself and, you know, just this beautiful community that is within this spirituality, you know? I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is just so familiar. And I love that people <laughs> really understand this this ascension uh, path, this ascension journey, that that you know, you, you peel those layers so more light to come in. You you that the debris, whatever words you want to use, that clutter, heaviness, density, and then more light yeah. shines in and like you become more light. Yeah. You're storing more information, which means exactly. our awareness expands. And that's technically how you get to 5D. You, it's an expanded awareness state. Like, I mean, I usually also say, you know, it's, it, it has to do with the heart, but I feel like this expanded awareness usually goes to, to this for the most part for most people, depending mm -hmm. on which way you, you um, polarize, I guess. You know, I, I, uh, I'm noticing that people, neurodivergent people, um, and this is completely off track, neurodivergent people, they seem to <clears throat> to um, have this interesting um, sexuality or, or or whatever or um, you know how they view themselves or how they feel themselves. For example, currently I am more straight than ever. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, when I was sixteen, I came out as bisexual. I was into women. I felt like a boy. I yeah. you know like I don't know just like. I wasn't very feminine, but I felt, like I said, I felt like a boy. And then when I hit 32 or so, um, not sure because if it was because of my surroundings, I was working as a bartender at a strip club. And it was oh a lot my. <laughs> That's a lot so of funny. Our journeys are very, a lot more similar than you might think. I just had to say that I'm going to put a pen in it and let you finish, but. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, so like I was surrounded by all these women, you know, basically half naked, and it's like it was really cool in the beginning, and and then that working there, I became more straight. I became more into men. I'm not sure what it was. Maybe it was me picking up on the sexual energy. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden I shifted to, I just want men. I think women are still gorgeous, beautiful mm -hmm. art pieces. You know, but uh, yeah, it's weird. Like, what yeah, is, what is well, and I, yeah, I think like sexuality too. We think sexuality is just this span of we're one thing and that's it. But I think it's like sexuality is fluid because there's been times in my life where I was only attracted to men, right? And and that, I, that's all I did was men. And then there's been points in my life where I've only been attracted to women. And then there's been points in my life where I've been attracted to both. And then there's been points in my life where I'm like, fuck you both. I don't want, I don't want anything to do with you guys, <laughs> you know? So it's just like, um, I think we get so bent on putting ourselves in one box and it, diminishes us from being able to explore those other options as they come up. And not to say that, you know, if you're if you're straight, that means, you know, you might not be straight later down the line. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I feel like for a lot of people, um, there's a spectrum, right? There's just like there's spectrum for like autism. There's a spectrum for sexuality, too. And we look at things as being so rigid and black and white, but everything is really just a flow of energy. And so depending on where we're at in life, that that 
flow of energy of our sexuality might differ, you know, from point to point. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, just it's really odd to me, this neurodivergence. I, I don't know if there's more of really being in touch with who we are. I don't know what it is, but I'm noticing that's what I'm noticing. A lot yeah. of, of neurodivergence, they, they just kind of like, I'm neither in both. It's, it's really interesting to me. Yeah. So I kind of want to ask you a question because um, I actually worked in the strip club as well. I was um, a makeup artist for a long time there. And then I waitressed and bartended and did all sorts of positions there. So what was that experience like for you? Because I like talking to other people that are in now, like in this spiritual um, setting who have worked in, you know, a not so spiritual environment <laughs> and what like... You know I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, exactly. But like, you know, like, quote, unquote, by the, you know, what people consider spiritual. And I think I think it's interesting, because um, I don't know. So I just want to hear what your experience was like for that. Um, I, I mean, I loved it. Yeah, I love it. Um, I just loved as much as you know, like, you know, there's a just like a, the relationship I have with New York. There's a love and hate, even though like I don't like it, or hate, nor do I really hate anything or anybody. But mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's like it's like the relationship, my relationship with New York. It's like I I love bartending and I hated it, but like you know, but I it's just like I got to be around people, meet people, um, you know, just really like because I'm I already was obsessing over understanding humanity. Mm -hmm. when I wasn't working that's like basically all I did was just like yeah research research to understand and yeah. um and then like work same thing but just like now they're drinking so more of their stuff is coming up to be seen <laughs> right they're like not yes. you know <laughs> yeah yeah down so it's interesting um as far as being in a strip club um it was a dark experience mm-hmm I don't regret it whatsoever. I really appreciate it, but it's really hard on me. I, I drank a lot. Yeah. More than ever. I was also, oh, that's what it is. I was going through a breakup. So it was mm -hmm. just, I was just a mess. I was just drinking and I just kind of like drinking too much. The next day I'm hungover. And then the next day I go to work, drink too much, hungover. It was, yeah, just uh, like the cycle. Mm -hmm. yeah. I really enjoyed uh, being around all the pretty New York City uh, strippers. Really yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if the world was, was back to normal and we didn't have to wear masks and all that stuff, I, I'd part time once a week in a strip club. Like if somebody just was like, you want to do this? I think I would. At least yeah. for a period of time, just because like, I don't know. There's like, I like pouring liquids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. I actually, um, right now I still bartend once a week. Um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's interesting cause some weeks I, I enjoy it. I like being out of the house because most of my work I'm in my house, you know, researching or working with people, you know, virtually or whatever. But, um, so it's nice to get out of the house and experience like what's going on. Like, I call it the muggle world. What's going on in the muggle world, you know? <laughs> and so it's cool because then you learn so much more about people's patterns and, you know, observing like everybody and their like natural 
habitat, you know, with all liquored up and their shit coming out. And you'd be surprised, like the things that people tell me, like complete strangers, like they will just spill their whole, they'll spill their guts, you know? And I'm like, tell me more, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fine. But then there's other times where it feels very, very overwhelming for me just because it's a lot of energy to take in. Um, especially when you're very empathic or, you know, spiritually in tuned or neurodivergent for that matter too. Um, it could be a lot. And I noticed that I, I'm extremely drained afterwards. So I, the next day I have to make sure that I don't have any like work with clients or anything like that to just like pour back into myself and kind of recharge. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as much as I, I, I love it. There was a aspect of like, eh, as well. Um, mm -hmm. I really technically not just strip clubs, but yeah, bartending in general. I, um, when was it last? Last week, exactly, uh, a little over a week ago, I I uh, bartended a um, venue party thing, so mm -hmm. it was really easy. But the next day, I was so drained. It was super yeah. drained. I guess just being around all those people and you know, and certain. Well, I'm not even gonna get into that, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's just not a uh, it's like i enjoy it it's just uh hard to be around humans at this point in our history yeah Even yeah it can be it can be for sure it's challenging <laughs> so this is why like the virtual stuff it's so good yeah you get to still connect and have awesome conversations but you're not taking in as much energy as you would in a person-to-person -person situation yeah. Absolutely, yeah. we're not technically not in each other's auric field, so I'm not, you know, picking things up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like like you can you can do energetic work from a distance, but you have I feel like you have as a healer or you know whatever energy guide you, whatever you want to call yourself like you have more control over what you let into your own energy. Does yeah. that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, let's uh, let's talk about shadow work. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, love me some shadow work. <laughs> oh my god, we we were talking about it earlier, actually. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. feeling the feeling, just like ah. Oh. <laughs> yes, shadow work, shadow work. Yeah, so that's um that's mainly what I um the process of what I take my clients through is helping them move through um these pieces of them that have been either rejected or locked away or you know was just left in the dark um because they were taught that this piece of me this expression of anger or this expression of jealousy or you know um this gift of mine is frowned upon because you know in my childhood you know i was scolded for it or somebody made fun of me for it or you know whatever the case was and then when you um reject that piece of you it gets swept away into the basement of your you know, your foundation of your house. But when you leave them um, unattended or ignored, they come up and project onto other people, right? So like if you're ignoring your anger and um, you're just letting it build up and build up and build up and build up, eventually you're going to have that one trigger that brings it all up to the surface and I like to use the analogy, like, you know, you're at Starbucks getting your coffee and the guy doesn't put whipped cream on your drink and you fucking snap on him, you know? And you're like, where's my whipped cream? And it's like, okay, it's really not that serious. Like the whipped cream's really not that serious, but that's the trigger that 
that sparks it and ignites that whole fire because you've let it build up and ignored it and push it down and push it down that it just takes that one little thing that one little straw to just bink, make it all explode and so when you're leave those those bits of your shadow unintegrated and unacknowledged um, it creates those messes in our life right and um that's why it's really important to get to know what's in your I like to call it your spiritual closet, um, what's like hiding in there, what plays in there, um, because once you're aware of what's actually in there, then you can bring it to the light, integrate it into who you are, because it still is a piece of who you are. But um, we tend to demonize these pieces of us. And so, um, you know, it, it makes life messy when you leave those demonized pieces of you in the dark. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's this uh, thing that that popped up on my YouTube uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, and I'll send you uh, a link to this. It's it's a little long, but like she's been doing this basically what we do technically, but like like way longer. So mm -hmm. she, has, she has just she just has it like really almost like science scientifically like you know she'll give yeah, laid out background for all this stuff. So she's just like. She's energy and science, you know, yeah. it's like really. Yeah. So I was just like, I was watching and I was just like, this is so good. I, I wish more people could see this. It's just, and it's just so dense, full of information. I'll forward it to you. And as a matter of fact, yeah, I'll, please do. It's so good. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes as the very last link, actually, if anybody else wants to like really get the full scope of feeling your feelings and the, the, everything, everything that has to do with getting better yeah you know if anybody's struggling they're like fuck i don't know if like if you have something that's unhealed there's a reason it's unhealed and she like she she goes into all that stuff and i'm just like i love her sue something that could sue something oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll put it in the show notes so yeah um, please do next thing i want to talk about is ancestral healing i love this topic yes 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 so that's um another bit that i kind of take um and i feel like this is a part of shadow work so shadow work is such a broad topic it's such a broad subject it's almost like this umbrella term for a lot of little like other segments underneath it right and so ancestral healing is a form of shadow work and um i take my clients through some of this as well um where we kind of dig into their patterns, right? So we start with their own patterns and then we look at, you know, their upbringing, like how their relationship with their parents were, how the relationship with their grandparents were, their aunts and uncles and their brothers and sisters, and, you know, go and look at these different relationships down their line to figure out where the root of this pattern comes from. And a lot of times, like these patterns that we have within our lives that we express, um, half the time they're not even ours right because the body stores trauma so when a traumatic event occurs um and the mind can't handle it or it's too much for it to process at that time um it gets stored into the body and so when it gets stored into the body it can get stored into like your muscles your tissues you know whatever your blood whatever organs yep and um you know to be uh dealt with at a later time but if the person that experienced the trauma never deals with that, 
that trauma gets imprinted and affects the way that your genes actually express themselves. And so those patterns, like when somebody says, oh, depression is hereditary, right? Well, why is that hereditary? Is it because there's a specific gene or is it because the epigenetics is actually um, telling it to express that gene, right? Because with ancestral trauma um, and epigenetics, you can actually change the way that your genes express themselves. And when you learn to heal those root causes and those root patterns, you can, um, even if you have that gene in your system to express depression, you can affect the epigenetic part to make sure that it doesn't express it, right? And so that's why some of this healing is so important because it doesn't only heal you, it also heals your whole entire ancestral line because healing isn't linear. So healing, I mean, just like time, time's a man-made construct and it's something that is just for this 3D reality of ours. Um, and so when we can heal something within ourselves, it heals within, you know, our past lives, but also the lives um, within our, uh, our ancestral line. So it can heal patterns within your mother, within your father, within your grandmother, within, you know, your great grandmother can go back and then it can also go forward too. So down to your children. So when you start healing patterns within yourself, you know, it lessens the effect that it's going to have on your own children and their children and, you know, everybody to come before. And so that's why healing yourself is so damn important because, it influences so much, so many different people in your lives. And um, it's not just for you, you know? Yeah, for it is for you, but it also has this massive ripple effect outwards, you know? For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, it's kind of good to know that, that finally the stuff can be cleared. I mean, all those generations of them just like, doo doo doo, here's a rug. Issues? Sweep it under the rug. Yep. <laughs> decades, generations, generations, do do do. Here we are. We're like, huh, oh, fuck. It's a big yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is too is like, you know, um, and it's not our job to clear everything this lifetime, right? Because that's a that's a big job to take on. You know, we can do as much as we can, but I um I also feel like too for me personally as a healer, like I put pressure on myself to have to, I have to heal everything this lifetime, you know? I'm like, no, it's fine. Like heal what you can in this lifetime, do what you can. Don't overextend yourself and, you know, make yourself miserable doing it, but, you know, put in the work, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna help people along the way too. Yeah. We're, we're like a, a drop in the ocean, you know, with the ripples. Absolutely. Yeah. The ripples, us being better or healed or not as, horrible or whatever not as yeah <laughs> definitely affects everybody around us so um a while ago i was telling somebody about like me having a session with myself where mm -hmm. i was kind of like like being in in certain i don't remember where the feeling was maybe it was like in my solar plexus i don't remember exactly where but it was just i was there for like hours mm -hmm. um and so yeah i was telling somebody about this and she was like what like healing is not supposed to be that long but i think she's just kind of seeing it, it like from my i guess from how i'm observing it she's seeing mm -hmm. it as you know like you go in, into a session you know you, you go through your your stuff you know because technically healing is is not that long but what i feel like where what i'm working with is i feel like i'm just like not doing a layer i'm just do i'm doing like 
mountains worth of fucking layers. Mm-hmm. That session, yeah, I'm, I'm there for two hours, three hours, however long I'm there, but like, how many years worth of patterns am I clearing? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever yeah. had like, really long, insanely long sessions of like feeling the energy blocks or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. I've had some pretty, um, at least for myself, I don't ever take my clients through that long of sessions just because it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But for myself, yeah, I have done, you know, I don't think I've ever gone over three hours at a time just because Mm -hmm. it takes a lot out of you. But yeah, I've definitely had some pretty intense ones when I've done like a two hour session or you know, three hour session. <laughs> and uh, one thing, and I'm just like, holy shit, there's a lot. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. And um, one of the things that I've actually um, found really helpful in healing and dredging up some of those patterns. Um, so I do, I, I like to combine um, a little bit of psychology with the spiritual. So I like that kind of like what you said before that lady, like I like having that, um, the intellectual bit with the energetic, right? And I also like to incorporate embodiment too, because I feel like in order to really heal, you need to heal on all three of those levels. Like the energy part is important, but so is the, you know, the intellect and the body, because it's all one, especially on this plane of existence. We exist in this physical 3D space, so we have to take care of all of our, you know, bits and pieces of us. Um, so one of the processes that I I um, use is something called hemi-syncing. Um, and uh, basically what it is, is when you think of like a, this is more for like processing trauma, but um so I'll take a client through and there's like a little ball on the screen and they follow it with their eyes. And at the same time, I'm playing um, music that evokes that memory, that certain memory that triggers that memory or those certain feelings, because music is a really um, big gateway to bridging the intellect, the 3D and the spiritual. And so it's a really powerful tool in healing that I use along with um you know, the hemi sinking. And so basically what this ball does when you watch it and you think of the memory and you have the music playing in the background, it brings up that memory as if you're there, right, in your head and you, you're you replaying it, you're feeling it um, because trauma is basically just unprocessed, like, like it's not a fully processed memory, it's incomplete. And so what this does is it helps complete the memory. It helps you to see the story from maybe another perspective or just those emotions that haven't been fully felt brings them up so you can fully feel them in a, a safe environment. And so in doing this with this combination, and then, you know, they're watching it, listening to music, processing the, um, the memory, and then I'm on the other side pulling out the energy behind it and, and manipulating the energy and working through it. And so it's this like really uh, intense process of the intellect, the, the mind, the body, everything. And so those are the sessions that are like, I've, I've done that on myself a few times. And that's one of the ones where I did more of like a, a two hour long one, which it was like, Oh, like I just, I felt like I undid like a lifetime of like one pattern. And I was like, fuck, that was a lot, <laughs> you know? And then when you do like those longer energy sessions or those longer workings on yourself, like you just feel exhausted because <laughs> it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's also great afterwards, but like, 
like after afterwards like as in after you rested <laughs> because yeah you get tired afterwards um yeah the, we are we are metabolizing those uh frozen right frozen in time yeah. uh, my understanding is the brain kind of takes a snapshot shot of what's mm -hmm. going on and yeah, yeah it just kind of like stores and you know it develops in many ways pain yeah uh yeah. in like lack of balance it could be hormonal balances it could be so many things emotional yeah. so just all kinds of things i mean down to physical illnesses you know this mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's one thing too with them to kind of circle back to the generational trauma. Sometimes generational trauma presents itself as these illnesses passed down from generation to generation too, like autoimmune disorders or, you know, if like um, diabetes or heart disease runs in your family, that is a form of generational trauma that's presenting itself in the physical form. And so when I do ancestral trauma or, um, you know, some of that like ancestral kind of trauma healing, I have them create a map of, you know, their, their family history, not only just, you know, you know, the, the traumas, but also like their physical ailments because the physical ailments have a spiritual and an energetic cause. Right. And the, what I like to say is the physical ailments, or the disease is actually just a symptom of a deeper emotional cause. Um, yeah. I still have, uh, I mean, I've done years of years worth of work, but I still have physical stuff left over. And I'm just like, yeah, because like, you know, it's just like at some point, it's like enough is enough. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think my line was just really heavy yeah heavy a lot of violence a lot of anger a lot of abuse a lot of yeah holy crap so it's all right it's all right More. yeah right <laughs> you could only do so much you're only one person <laughs> god i mean i'm i'm a leaps and bounds from where i used to be i used to be in so much pain and all the levels i mean i definitely yeah. you know it wasn't just my physical body it was Definitely, I had extreme depression, uh, anxiety, um, definitely emotional instability. Um, mm -hmm. Like at some point, my knees swell up, and I'm not sure exactly what the issue with that is per se. I mean, mm -hmm. I have theories, whatever, but yeah, like I couldn't like walk or stand for long periods of time. It's like really, really hard. Um, yeah, I cleared out. Eventually, then I de I developed stuff in my le the left side of my body, like really mm -hmm. horrible pain that kind of would travel. So you know, it's not an actual like, this is you know, this is like this happened here, just like you know, right? It's just like it's traveling. Yeah. Like be pain in my in my foot, and it'll be pain pain here, and then it'll be pain in my like just all along the left side. Most of it is gone, so mm -hmm. there's just a little left. Yeah. We work together. Yeah. Yeah, it's all like peeling back the layers, man, you know, <laughs> I mean, I still like, um, I, so it's interesting. Okay, and I'm going to ask you this too, if it's like similar for you. So when I do energy work on um, other people or just like on myself, um, some of like the way that energy moves through me, because I, I like when I do energy work, I can feel what's in them in my body and so for me when stuff is clearing out it's really gross but like i'll get like a 
like a shit ton of phlegm and I just have to like go cough it out or like all this congestion that just like manifests like in my own body that I'm taking on that I have to just like get it out. Um, do you ever like have anything like that when you're doing work for other people? Um, I, I think on a subconscious level, I mean, it's kind of conscious, honestly, it's less conscious than subconscious, but um, I think I blocked that out. I think okay, it's yeah. the boundary that I have up because I don't, I don't want to experience any of their stuff. Yeah. And I even, I would even like here and they, they're saying in my mind, what's mine is mine, what's theirs is theirs. Yeah. I have enough stuff on my own. Right. <laughs> I don't want to, because what if it like stays in my body? I just, I, I don't want to. So, yeah. um, so no, not really, not, at least not on a conscious level. Maybe I do pick up stuff that I'm just not aware of. And plus again, mm -hmm. I have still leftover issues. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, oh, it's my stuff. And meanwhile, it could be somebody else's. It could be someone else's. Yeah. 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 I, um, you know, I have, I, yeah, I have boundaries around people too, but there's just this, um, because I'm so such a, um, clairsentient being, I feel like one of my purposes is to like physically transmute some of I don't know how to explain it. It's like to be a channel for some of the stuff that people can't actually process themselves. Does that make sense? Like, so like my theory is, is if it wasn't mine to process, it wouldn't come to me. Right. So I only take on things that I'm capable of processing and only if they want me to process it, you know, otherwise I don't, try to process anybody's things. I don't intentionally process anybody's things for them because I feel like that's somebody, that's your job. You that's do the work, you honest. know, and that's how you grow and that's how you, whatever. But there are some instances where um, I do feel like there's certain things that come up for me personally because it triggers some of my own inner things because it's a reflection of some of the stuff that I have to work in within myself as well. Um, so I'll kind of give you an example. Um, so I actually, it's interesting because when I um, go into some kind of an energetic agreement to work with somebody, whether it's through a podcast or whether it's a client that's going to be coming on, I could feel their energy before they even approach me. So I don't necessarily know who it is that's approaching me, but I know because their, um, their concern or whatever it is approaches me first. And so usually it approaches me in that way because it's something that I also need to reflect on. So I was going on a podcast with somebody else and um, it was interesting because all of a sudden the word just like jealousy came up and it was like, I saw it in my mind's eye in like big bubble letters. And I was like, what is this? I was like, that's not mine. And so I was like trying to figure out where it was coming from, but then it was a reflection for me to look back on my past where I was storing and ignoring my own, uh, jealousy, you know, in the past and past relationships or what, whatever it was, because in the past, you know, um, I always tried to like play the cool girl and just like go with the flow and, you know, just be like that person. But deep down, there was times where like, I let shit slide that I shouldn't have let slide. And I was fucking jealous. And I just didn't acknowledge it. Cause I'm like, no, I'm not allowed to be jealous because that means you're a crazy bitch or this means X, Y, or Z about you, you know? And so I was like, I'm not a crazy bitch, so I can't be jealous. And so her jealousy coming through made me reflect on my own 
jealousy patterns in the past and some of those that were repressed for years and years and years just started like bubbling up to the surface it's like all right well now you have to feel these so then this pattern of jealousy doesn't continue you know in the future and so there's this like interesting connection between the the issues that come to me through other people in my own does that make sense yeah okay <laughs> well I, I think uh like the, um, the method that I, that I use, I mostly mm -hmm. use the QHHT method. That's usually what I work with mostly. Yeah. Uh -huh. mostly. So it's kind of like they are in their own trends and it literally, literally living it out. Like, mm -hmm. it's like, cool. I don't have to take it on. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> plus, plus I feel like I already do that on a regular basis anyway. I feel like, uh, Certain people, especially neurodivergence, we are already like like crystals or whatever. We're already kind of taking stuff to be transmuted. So I feel like I'm already doing it on a regular basis as it is. So just like, and it's not conscious. So like, yeah. if I'm even doing it with clients, perhaps. I just know yeah. like my intention is yours. It's yours. Keep it. Yeah. Transmute it yourself. Yep. And, you know, I'll yep. do you here. And I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just so like, no <laughs> yeah no. um yeah yeah to each their own i just yeah yeah exactly it's like whatever works better for you you know that's remember, your method um fairly recently somebody was asking me some kind of questions i don't remember what it was exactly but basically something to do with like accessing oh like like accessing like information i'm like i i don't I don't go into people's energy fields and access their stuff. I'm sorry, that's just my boundary. Like, yeah, like I'm here to help you you ex uh, experience and transmute your root uh, um, your root pain or your root issues. Yeah, I I'm I, I can't. That's a oh. yeah. That's a boundary I have too. I will not go into somebody else's. Like if a client comes to me, I will help them with their stuff, but I will not go looking into somebody else's energy or somebody else's information that did not explicitly give me the consent to do so because i feel like that's a that's a boundary of ethics too like there's a lot of boundaries you have to have when doing this kind of work because there are like some stuff that can be crossed and it's really important to like have those boundaries to be ethical and to you know really best serve the client at hand and not because it's like they didn't pay me to work on them i'm working on you you know <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely yeah um let's see let's talk about plant medicine yay <laughs> i'm yes. just so into plant medicine because you know just different um uh, methods you know they're, they're technically all the same thing whether it's uh, you know like a healing a healing session with Mm -hmm. individuals like ourselves or you know going in and then and drinking something that will alter your chemistry that can also lay out issues that you need to here's the thing i'm i know you know like just just in case you know people don't know um mm -hmm. that it's not that the plant medicine is healing you per se it's more so it's it's bringing you to that place for you to deal with your issues some people feel like oh wait i'm doing plant medicine i'm healing myself yeah, but are you feeling the feelings? Yes. That's yes. What, that's what it's about. 
Thank you for saying that. <laughs> Thank you for saying that because that's one thing that is so fucking important that nobody talks about with plant medicine and psychedelics and things because there's a lot of people that will just keep doing them and doing them and doing them and doing them. But that's but that's actually a way of spiritually you're bypassing. That's a way of bypassing your issues. Um, because unless plant medicine only works, yeah, it only works if you are willing to do the work afterwards. And if you're willing to integrate it into your life, it's like, okay, great. You did mushrooms or you did ayahuasca or you did LSD or whatever, you know, it is that you wanted to do. Um, and you learned these amazing lessons and you saw these crazy visuals, but how are you bringing that into your life? How are you implementing what you learned into your day-to-day -day life and making that those changes, right? How are you bringing that and embodying the lesson instead of just talking about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. What's, what's your experience with plant medicine like? Yeah, so plant medicine, <laughs> it's been a, it's been intense. So um, I've done mushrooms a couple of times, um, not, not too, too much, but my main one was my ayahuasca experience. Um, so I had, I went on an ayahuasca retreat, did two nights of ayahuasca, one night of, um, um, Wachuma, which is, uh, San Pedro from the Wachuma cactus. And so that was life altering. That's actually what put me on my path where I'm at now, you know? And so, um, that whole, I don't know how much you want to get into that or, you know, how many details you want, but <laughs> talk about whatever you're, we could go on. Whatever yeah. So so yeah, it, um, it definitely brought a lot to the surface for me. Um, and kind of going into that, um, that bit that we were just talking about, like it brings everything to the surface for you to deal with it. Right. And so after having that experience, I was like, well, I can't go back home and keep doing all the same things that I've been doing after having this insanely mind blowing experience. Um, because that would just be a disservice to this whole thing. And so when I went home, you know, there were things that I slowly implemented and slowly changed, but then there were certain things that I was resistant to. And as soon as I was resistant to those things, mother ayahuasca came in and fucking kicked my ass. And she was like, oh yeah, you want to be resistant? I'm going to push you. Even though like the thing with uh, ayahuasca is when you go into that agreement to work with her spirit, with her plant essence, yeah, you're doing it for two nights, but she is working with you before that, after that, like she worked with me for a full year after I had my ayahuasca experience, like integrating and showing up as lessons. And that's, that's actually what this um snake tattoo here is for my ayahuasca journey. I don't know if you could see it, but. I know somebody um, also, her and her boyfriend, um, they do ayahuasca together and they actually uh, got the same the snakes basically. And so they could connect yeah. like a kundalini situation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's um, one of the things is the first, um, this kind of just represents like my fear and just the shedding and the transformation and the death and rebirth cycle for me. Um, but uh, the first night that I did ayahuasca, the first thing that I saw was like these like green fractal patterns. And I was like, oh, this is nice. And all of a sudden it was just like this pile of black snakes that just rained down on me. And I was like, ah! <laughs> like what is this? You know? And so that just represented like all the fears that I was supposed to transmute and work through. And, you know, because I, I dealt with extreme, extreme, extreme anxiety, like to the point where I was like hospitalized and just afraid of everything, like afraid to speak up, afraid to be myself, afraid of, you know, 
just everything. Like I was just living in that fear vibration. And so that was like my main thing that I went there for. And I was fucking terrified going there. You know, like I was like, what if I die? What if this happens? What if this happens? And the whole time, like on the way there, I'm just like shaking because I'm like, well, this is it. This is the way I go. <laughs> you know, just like that negative like narrative. And um, as soon as I got there, I'm like, you know what? I'm scared, but I'm going to fucking do it anyways. And that's the thing with fear is like, Sometimes you just have to get to that point where like, yeah, everybody's scared of things, but you have to look at it and be like, okay, I'm scared, but I know this is for my, my highest, greatest good. So I'm going to fucking go for it anyways. I'm going to do this scared. And I think when you learn to just do things scared and do things anyways, it teaches you, it re-regulates your nervous system to be like, look, you did this thing that you were terrified of, but you're still here. You're still safe. You know, you're still standing and you're even better than ever now for doing it. And so the more that you do that and, and go outside of your comfort zone and do those experiences that scare the piss out of you, you know, in a safe way, the more growth you experience and the more you expand and the more, you know, you just bring into your, your world. And so that was like one of my biggest lessons from ayahuasca was just being, um, being in that, uh, sorry, <laughs> being in that vibration and, uh, transmuting that. Um, yeah. Courage. Yeah. You just, just, just do it anyway. That's, that's all same for me. I was scared of everything. I was horrified of people, which is kind of ironic that I was, I bartended, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Terrified of people. And so the reason, I mean, I'm just, just like, I do things anyway, like, you know, just cause you have to, you, just have, you to. have to, yeah. You can't be scared of everything and, and Lock what are you going to live on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, you know, and after a while, I mean, I was still scared of people that years down the line. And, yeah. And, um, eventually kind of just i guess um what's the word um uh, exposure therapy is what i consider it yeah uh -huh. i do yep. i do basically technically anything and everything as long as i'm interested no matter no matter how like oh scary it could be just because just show up because I, I do everything i just show up yeah you have to you have to just show up and i think that's the thing is like when you keep showing up and you keep showing yourself that you can show up it just it changes everything. Oh, um, yeah. Let me see. Is there anything else we can cover in the uh, plant medicine? Which one is your favorite? Um, can you repeat that real quick? Yeah. Which uh, plant medicine is your favorite? <sighs> um, so, so far, my, like, for my experience, ayahuasca has been my favorite, um, journey with plant medicine just because um of the connection that i've had with her afterwards like even now like when i feel like i um i need to get into like the vibe of things or in the right headspace i'll go on youtube and look up um they're called ikaros so it's like the the ayahuasca medicine songs that they sing like during the ceremonies and stuff and so i'll go and i'll, I'll listen to those and it, it almost like it reactivates the medicine within me and not like where I see things or anything, but it just like, it's almost like a remembrance of like the lessons and things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like that's, that's, yeah. That's what it is for me. Um, 
I remember I've only had two ayahuasca, ayahuasca experiences, and the last one, there was somebody that was playing uh, some kind of string string instrument. I forget what it was. I don't think it was a guitar. I don't. I don't know. Ukulele. I have no idea. I don't remember. But anyway, there there was some kind of notes that he was playing, and I just remember it was just kind of like, especially. I mean, after I felt it as well, but like especially like during uh doing during the the ceremony and it's just like played in my heart and it's just so yes <laughs> it was just yeah the 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 music that they play like during the the ceremony is just so like oh it just like fills your heart with like love and joy and you're just like i want to live here forever <laughs> like in this moment of this music yeah and this brings me to to um you know, there's people out there, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, people be careful who your shamans are, you know? Mm, um, yes, yes. People, you know, because kind people is the kind of people that you want to work with. Uh, not somebody that just, just, you know, like, I understand we all need to make money. I get that. But right. if you're not a kind person, as in, like, I'm going to make sure you're okay. I feel like yeah. certain, certain uh, medicine the shaman should check up on the individuals afterwards. That's just my opinion. Especially yeah, and a hundred percent because there's you have to really know who you're working with because this is such like an intimate and personal and intense experience. Like you don't want just anybody working with your energy while you're in this like vulnerable, open, raw state, you know. It's yeah. it's a really, really important to have really good guides when you're doing something like that. Yeah. Really important. And I heard I heard some couple of stories this uh, this year of uh, I don't even know if I should because I'm not trying to like I hate scaring people but I also don't like the fact that I'm always trying to protect humanity and I think that's a disservice as well. Right. I guess it's okay to talk about it. Uh, there were a couple of uh, different times, uh, different shamans, male shamans. Just I don't like throwing men under the bus because I don't like what what has happened. Uh, the last few years that you know men being attacked or just being men they're just like mm -hmm. they're just born men like chill <laughs> like, yeah they're not bad because they're men like i just don't like that um so yeah that's why there's certain topics i try to talk about but anyway let me go ahead and talk about it anyway so um yeah there were two different times two different individuals um you know uh women that were taken advantage of by the shamans mm. crazy to me because it's this work is just like you don't do yeah. that yeah 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 it's not like it's a strip club or, or a dance club or whatever you were just like you know like not that it's okay anywhere but this is just like right vulnerable place just yeah and it's like that's the place where you would least expect something like that to happen but it happens all the time See, the shit like that, I'm just like, what the fuck, Earth? Not Earth, it's all yeah. humanity, I guess. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, and there's, like, there's things where, like, I've seen, you know, like, different, like, gurus or different, you know, whatever the thing is, and, and they take advantage of people and, you know, um, there's there's just been, like, a couple documentaries that I've watched, you know, of just those types of things. And um, I feel like it's just so 
it's just so wrong to prey on people that are coming to you to heal and and a lot of times people are coming because they're healing from sexual trauma or they're healing from these like really traumatic things and then you're going to go ahead and inflict more like while they're on this path of healing like that is it's just so twisted i don't get it you know it's it's um uh, it's twisted it's, it's twisted but yeah yeah i don't i don't understand i mean i understand that we live on this planet and and this polarity thing exists like i get it i'm just like oh, it's just like certain things need to be sacred but i guess like nothing nothing's left yeah like yeah this is okay right crazy but on the other side of that I do believe, and I'm pretty sure you believe that we are making that change as a collective and we're coming back up. Exactly. Exactly. And the, the more that people, you know, bring awareness to things like this too, the less that it has a chance of happening because it's like, and that's why this works so important too, because it's like when you don't heal certain things within yourself, you project things and do fucked up things, maybe not to that extent, but you know, people that are hurting that have been through trauma that don't deal with it they go ahead and do fucked up things to other people you know it's like hurt people that saying hurt people hurt people and um people don't just do shitty things for no reason which doesn't make them right it doesn't give them any you know uh, credibility to do what they do but it does give you a bit of perspective that if you let your traumas go undealt with and un unacknowledged, you know, they do spill out in other forms. And sometimes it's, it's those extreme cases and extreme forms like that too. Okay. So let's talk about, <laughs> I know, heavy. <laughs> My favorite subject. And uh, it just, it's, it's funny for me. Um, the word itself triggers people. Depending mm -hmm. on the person, that's a whole subject in itself. It's the whole triggering, but um, so it's just it's just it's just a it's just a word, everybody. So the word is starseed. <laughs> right? Some people are just like, oh, like whatever. Let's not even go into that. I love yeah. starseeds. Uh, we briefly kind of talked about uh this you know being neurodivergent. I don't think I expressed to you that my opinion is that. Uh, neurodivergence, whether autistics, ADHD, ADD, OCD, uh, I guess dyslexia, whatever else kind of goes in, on, under the umbrella of neurodivergence. In my opinion, um, these are starseeds. We are just differently, differently wired humans with different um, energy system. Our nervous, nervous system is wired differently. And we're here to bust shit up because it doesn't work. Humanity has been like, okay, okay. And we are like, it's not okay. It hurts. Fuck you. No. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So I kind of want to touch on this because I, I agree fully. Um, so on my TikTok, I actually posted a video about like star seeds and like symptoms of star seeds. And I got a lot of comments underneath the thing that said, you know, um, like, no, you're just describing symptoms of ADHD or autism or this is dangerous information to post because, you know, um, people are going to think they're just aliens and they're not going to go get help. I'm like, well, if that's the way you take it, that's your own fault because that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is 
there's a link between these things, you know? So if you're experiencing these symptoms, um, it's probably because you're a starseed, but because you're a starseed doesn't mean you don't have those other things, right? People always think because you're this, it means it negates everything else, right? But being a starseed encompasses all of that. It's, it's like an explanation for why we're different. You know what I mean? It's supposed to bring comfort rather than make you feel more alienated. And so if it makes you feel more alienated, well, that you need to do some shadow work on that. Why does that make you feel like that? Why does the word starseed trigger you so much? What about it makes you angry, right? And, and uh, yeah, it's literally a word. And if it makes you angry, you're the one giving it that power to make you angry. And so you need to dive into that and that's your shit, right? And so... Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I really, I really resonate with Starseed and just, you know, um, the whole thing of neurodivergence just being this, um, just wired differently in it. It's because they're, they come from different star systems. You know what I mean? They're not from, maybe they've had lives here, but their, their soul is not origin of earth. And, um, it's for a reason we we signed up to come here to like you said bush it up change things up because this matrix yeah this matrix that we're living in in this 3d earth is it's on its way out you know there's so much shit coming to the surface that um with these things you know like wars and pandemics and whatever the case is they're all coming to the surface and it looks shitty but this is the crumbling of the matrix it's the crumbling of this this 3d reality that we've um been playing in for so long and it's being brought to the surface so it can be healed to be fixed to be rebuilt it's like the tower moment for um i don't know if you're well i see the star actually in here i just looked the star but it's basically like right now this is the tower moment of the planet right like everything is crumbling and coming down and falling yes and but what comes after what comes after the tower moment right it's uh you have to have your rebirth and you have to you know then you start to rebuild and then there's the star and you have all these hopes and it's like yeah we might be in this shitty spot now but if you look ahead there's so much more to complete this this circle right until you get to um what's the last one is it the world i think the, in the matriarchon is the world right i don't i don't remember i feel like that's the case, but I don't remember. Yeah, I think I think it's the world. So, yeah, once you get to the world, then it's just like this circle of completion. But right now, we're in the tower. <laughs> so, you know, it's going to feel shitty and it's going to, there's going to be a lot of shit coming up, but it's for the greatest good of everybody. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, the amount of uh, star seeds coming in, it's been increasing, 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 increasing. Yep. They're projecting it to be one and two, you know, soon-ish. Not like soon. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, where are these souls supposed to be coming from? I mean, Earth only has a certain amount of souls. Where Where do people expect these souls to come from? So, right. Yeah, because our population has grown immensely. You know, compared to where it was, you know, a hundred years ago. And so it's like, yeah, exactly. Where are these other souls coming from? They have to come from other places because <laughs> you can you can't create you know you can't destroy energy or create new energy it's like you have to pull it from somewhere else yeah 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 um whew. yeah you know i 
I, I really did, I struggled so much um, growing up. This world did not fucking make sense to me at all. And eventually, like, after obsessively studying the patterns of humanity, like, so into patterns, surprise. Yeah. Neurodivergent, like, um, <laughs> being obsessed with patterns, all about it. Um, yeah, and I had to work through a lot of it to kind of like get to a point where just like, okay, I get it. I understand. Yeah. And like, I spend most of my life being really upset that I was here. Or just like, this doesn't feel like home. I don't like it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> Take me back, please. Take me back how I came in. <laughs> eventually i just like oh no okay i understand i i get it i i came here to to help that's fine and you know it's interesting like you like again observe observing right everything and anything when it comes to us humans and everything we do with us humans um so like just so much so much stuff um you know how certain autistics they walk on their tippy toes Mm-hmm. And a kind of random, random subject, but like, um, so anyway, so I'm thinking, let's say there's, you know, wherever they're from, their structure is that they work, walk on, you know, on the, toes. like, or, you know, more, or more so like, it's not exactly tippy toes, but like we call it tippy toes, but you know, like the, the first part, like animals do. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Like do, right. Yeah like all the animals do. So it's like, I'm just like, ah, I see you. You're not yeah. used to the body. It's interesting to me. Like, yeah, no, 100%. It's like, you're not used to, because I feel like a lot of neurodivergent people feel uncomfortable in their bodies. And I think that comes from that because it's like, you don't feel safe in this 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 form that you're in because this isn't what you're used to. So it's like people have to, um, you know, alter the way that they're, they're doing things because it's uh they're they're not used to it so I, I really like that you brought that up because i've i've noticed that um in certain people too where it's like they do something that seems very like i don't want to say it's like um outerworldly yes yes that's exactly the word that i was looking for i was like what's the word because i didn't want to say like inhuman but it was like otherworldly like just not from here you know yeah, yeah. I'm trying to like, like, talk about other stuff when it comes to autism. I love the subject. I've never talked about it so far on this particular podcast. It's one. It's like my biggest passion. I don't. I don't know that you, <laughs> but like, it's my biggest passion. Um, yeah. Bring awareness to uh, bring destigmatization to to this subject because, you know, um, like, for example. Um, there's, it's just such a broad subject and I feel like whenever I talk about it, I only cover such a small fraction and I could almost mm-hmm. hear people like, but what about this? But it's just like, oh, I just didn't talk about that. I don't know. Like, yeah. Me. It's like, I'll talk about that next time. <laughs> you know? Ask me if we can talk about it. I don't know. But, but whatever pops into my, my mind, like for example, right now. Um, so I, I like to talk about, um, so when it comes to autism, my understanding is that there's people that are just wired differently and then there's mm-hmm. people that are wired differently and they have an extra load of um 
what's the word? Things that their bodies can't handle, aka I'm gonna say poison, for example. Mm -hmm. Um the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat aren't exactly right. eating. Right. Uh, some individuals are so sensitive, like for example, neurodivergent, they're so sensitive that the stuff technically is poisoning them. So what mm -hmm. we call autism um, is when there's an obvious issue and some, it doesn't, it's not always, again, it's just such a broad subject. There's so many different factors, but like, yeah, try my best to talk about it. Um, a lot of the time when you see issues, when you see disconnect, when there's lack of eye contact, there's just, there's so many reasons for why the eye contact, for example, but one of the things is, and here's how I describe it to people. Imagine you're, you're poisoned or uh, have stomach poisoning or even the flu. You feel so shitty. Yeah, people are like, why aren't you social? Why aren't you yes. social? And I'm just yes. like, this person is fucking poisoned. And there's such a big array of what could be wrong with them. Physical issues, disconnect, mental disconnect, emotional disconnect. Like I can't, like if I have the flu, so me socializing is not not on the list. Me making eye contact with you is not on the fucking list. And when it comes to eye contact, again, so many different layers. One of them is sometimes certain people are not safe to have eye contact with. Mm -hmm. But that's not always the issue. There's so right. many. Other, it could be also just usually not being safe around people. So your habit is not to make eye, eye contact. It's just, it's just so broad. Um, so when it comes to people that are, let's, let's say autistic, but you know, they're, they're not considered autistic, we're basically neurodivergent. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when they are not obviously autistic, how I see it is that they, they're, you know, they're considered technically they're, they're not technically because they're, they're, there's nothing obviously wrong, but there, there's definitely something. So they're considered mm -hmm. um, eccentric. Mm -hmm. Again, they're just wired differently and they're not poisoned. I think we, the mm -hmm. label is usually for the people that are either poisoned or extremely, very like, obviously like overly something's very, very different, uh, you yeah. know, you. Oh, I could go on and on. I just have I really yeah, I really like that perspective of, um, I've actually never thought about it like that, that like the analogy of like being poisoned that you, you used, um, because it's like, yeah, when somebody has the flu, you don't expect them to operate on a hundred. You don't expect them to, to meet the same standards as, you know, when somebody is like a hundred percent, you know, at their optimal peak. Um, so what do you think? do you think it's mostly just like the air like food you know water or is it just like a combination of things that like creates that that toxic like poisoning for people um i feel like it's a large array but mm -hmm. i feel like the biggest culprit you know this is just an opinion and i mean there's other people that express this understanding as well I feel like it's an over toxicity of mercury in the system. And mm -hmm. a lot of times it's when you're, when you're a child, uh, there is mercury that between, uh, between your left and right hemisphere. 
and the, hence the difficulty kind of the the hemisphere is communicating so you find other ways to communicate so hence kind of losing that ability to like be verbal theory mm. you know um eventually your brain adjusts and starts to be able to or it rewires like to kind of be able to communicate between the hemispheres better so yeah eventually you're able to talk perhaps depending on the individual and level of toxicity and really i guess also depend, depends on their soul and where they come from what if like right. like language is just not their thing wherever they come from so just like yeah you know people could try to teach you language all they want so you just like they're just like vibes man i read vibes. yeah yeah and it <laughs> it's actually interesting that you bring that up because that's one of the things that i um i've had to develop within myself is um I feel like I have a lot to say and my brain is like running on like a thousand all the time and I have so much information and wisdom, but I can't always articulate um, what it is that I'm experiencing that I want to communicate. Does that make sense? And so like I've I actually like going on podcasts and um, creating videos on, on Instagram and things like that has actually helped me develop that skill more because I remember like the first podcast I went on, I was just like, uh, uh, like I have things that I want to say, but I don't know how to like word them, you know? And so I think like this medium has helped me like open up that, that communication, like my throat chakra and just being able to communicate in this way because um, I know what where my soul comes from like the planet and their um, mode of communication was just more through feeling it was more through like the vibrations and almost like telepathic communication and so when i have to try to articulate some of the things that i'm trying to to say it doesn't always come out the way that i they're in my head or how i feel you know i feel you i feel you so much um it took me years to be able to to express myself Plus, I mean, where I, was, I came from, like the, the genetic line, that just wasn't supported. Self-expression was unknown. That was also yeah. definitely a thing that was uh, a big part of it. But um, mm -hmm. it took me into my, I feel like I started to be able to kind of come, communicate myself in my early 30s. Mm -hmm. It took me that long. And by the way, yeah. for those who don't know, I am autistic. <laughs> I had a lot of uh, work that I needed to go through. A lot of um, that's partially why I was so obsessed with uh, studying the human condition to understand what was going on. Um, yeah. As well as clear my system out of uh, you know toxins because I, I definitely was you know kind of like like for example, if I was to have dairy right now, um, it does something to my system like my system shuts kind of shuts down mm -hmm. um where i i can't i can interact with my world mm -hmm. but it's i'm not connected yeah it's, 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 it's like it's like i i kind of go go on even a lower dimension or heavier dimension where it just mm -hmm. it's 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 just difficult um i used to experience pain i don't experience pain anymore per se not as much a little bit because it, it doesn't happen often that that i have dairy by mistake we get the smallest amount um, right i feel like this is this is just a theory i don't know but i feel like and usually my intuition is right I, but i don't know um i feel like it messes or 
whatever with my glial cells and it's, mm -hmm. I don't know what what goes on and I feel like it just the whole process from from when I first have the dairy by mistake to when I finally feel close to my myself takes a month so just wow. like, yeah so it's like wow seriously so that's why i can understand like you know if people just like oh why you know they're not social poke poke and i'm just like yeah you don't know how they feel how they're disconnected like what's going on yeah. like i can feel like even though i can you know, i can look you know i don't want to look in the eye yeah it just it's too much it's too much to handle um and just everything's heavy and kind of like life just hurts yeah so that's that's yeah. like me being poisoned that's why i understand that thing like that makes sense that makes complete sense to me don't know what actually goes on during the thing but these are just my theories i don't know <laughs> who knows yeah oh my god so yeah i'm looking forward to there being more understanding on the subject and mm -hmm. You know, and you know how people you were saying earlier, people were like, oh, you know, you're you're bringing this information, and then people won't get help. What help? Yeah, are they are they getting help now? You know, like I, mean, I feel like oh, so like people talking about drugs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just yeah. like really chem chem chemicals. You think that's that's the thing? It's not. Yeah. For, for example, going putting your feet on the ground getting those elect electrons and again, mm -hmm. getting rid of like the free radicals. Oh, oh, like for those that have not watched the movie documentary called the earthing movie, you can find it on YouTube. You have to watch it. They actually do mention if, if you guys have not watched it, uh, if you haven't seen it, um, they mention autism and how it completely like 180 the experience of being able to sit in the classroom and pay attention like they're, yeah. they're like they, they are developing classrooms where there's i guess grounding mats or whatever they're doing where where there's grounding going on in the the room yeah so there's so many things grounding for example if you have a autism or adhd grounding so helpful so helpful because it gets you out of your your headspace, out of that wandering, like untethered space, and anchors you into this physical body. And I feel like in order to be optimal and uh, like, um, I guess, uh, operate more optimally and let in more light and and connect to the higher dimensions, it's easier to do it when you're grounded in your own body. Yeah, uh, and yeah. Um, us neurodivergents definitely have an extreme, from my observation extreme difficulty with being grounded again it's like mm -hmm. not being safe in this physical form because we're not used to it like yeah. i personally i still have issues grounding my root chakra even though i ground to mother earth i can feel there being uh space within my lower self i get the sternum the pelvic area where there's just like yeah. energy just not there I'm yeah. not fully in. Matter of fact, um, something that I am trying lately. So I'll put my hand here. So like, if you touch this area um, where your heart is, it gives you a feeling of safety. And I'll and mm -hmm. I'll kind of say to myself, "I'm safe," and then and then I'll say, "I'm I'm safe." 
I'm protected. And what I'll visualize is that Archangel Michael is protecting me. That's yeah. funny. I do the same thing. Do the same thing. Yeah, I'm safe and protected. And, and then I visualize Archangel Michael. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And That's funny. then I'll add and I'm guided. So then I'll, I'll, I'll visualize the, you know, the guides, the, the team yeah. that guides us. So it's like, you know, how, like, it's a good way I feel like to, I, I feel myself kind of like, it's, I guess, something I'm developing in myself mm -hmm. recently. Just so, again, like putting my hand here and this, this is, I'm safe. It's feeling I'm safe. So holding myself here and then just saying, I'm safe, I'm protected and I'm guided and just continue to repeat and then like i'm again i'm feeling my energy kind of you know go go into the area it just it'll take time to kind of i guess um what's the word wire my 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 energy to continue to go that route and stay exactly stay. we gotta do what we gotta do gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> fine every little bit every day a little bit help and yes uh, yeah. So is, is there anything else we could talk about when it comes to being on the spectrum? I know we kind of hit the very tip. Of yeah, the tip of it. Um, I think for now, that's all I can think of. But I'm sure like after this, I will have more <laughs> stuff to think about. Because I feel like always in hindsight, I'm like, oh, I should talk about that or I should talk about that, <laughs> you know? Oh, um, so here's another thing actually um so when it comes to being um neurodivergent um you're kind of this uh weirdo right uh for the rest of society you're kind of like this oddball and a lot of times uh humans or children or, or even adults they kind of can smell that you're different or they can see that you're different and they really Huh. Do you have this experience at all? So that's interesting because um, before I even knew like I was ADHD, um, I would just attract other people that were ADHD. And I'm like, why are all these ADHD people like attracted to me? Like, I don't understand. And it's actually the same thing with um, a lot of my clients too. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure that almost all of my clients that I have right now, um, they're all women with ADHD. Interesting. Yeah. And that's not like something that I've just like advertised or, you know, said that like, oh, I'm an ADHD coach. Like I've never said that, but I've just, they're all my clients have ADHD. It's really, really interesting. So it's kind of funny that you brought that up. <laughs> if it's just kind of like the first or like the, the first of, of the sets of the first uh, waves of people doing their work. And it's usually yeah. on the spectrum. They're just like more like, well, shit, I need to fix myself. So like, I guess that could be there for others down the line because we need yeah eventually i feel like we're gonna need a lot of healers so they need to oh, so it makes sense i guess to me that uh people that are neurodivergent are the ones that are getting the healing first but what i was talking about is uh more so maybe it's just my experience because uh because i was autistic and so fucking weird i was so fucking weird so you know, a person like myself, just autistic in general, pretty much almost all of them get heavily picked on. Um, even with with uh, um, family members, you know, there's there's a still this weird dynamic 
uh, where you're just like, oh, you're too sensitive, da da da. And I don't know. It's just like this whole thing that we get traumatized more easily. Therefore, we develop all these um, mental issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It just, it, because of like us being weird, there's just more like, well, you're weird. And I like, you know, people feel like shit about themselves. So, right. On the weirdos of the world. Um, where was I going with this? Well, well, I guess here's here's something that I, I usually when I talk about the subject, uh, I like to mention. So I feel like it's interesting that the weirdos of the world, the, the newer divergence, they're usually okay. So if you're in a tribe, yeah, um, the ones that display being weird would be taken by the the, the tribe shaman to, to to teach how to do the yeah. work. So, yeah, I've heard this. Mm -hmm. So, I guess further, what I'm trying to say is usually these individuals in today's world, because we're so sensitive, develop all these other issues. And where does society throw people with issues into the mental hospital? I don't think mm. it's a coincidence that I, I think I think the let's let's say the dark ones. I usually kind of talk about these subjects, but let's let's go ahead and put that out there. The dark ones develop who the fuck star seeds are. You know, mm -hmm. let's give them motherfucking yep. labels. Yep. Oh, they're fucking crazy. Look at them. Let's lock them up. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and it's, it's, it's uh. Well, then lock them up. Yeah, because they know the power that they have to incite change and you know create a new world and so they don't want things to change they don't want things to to be different and so they they uh keep everybody that is different that will create that change let's just uh drug them up and you know take away their power and call them crazy and exactly. then that way nothing can happen you know <laughs> it's like and we continue to sell uh chemicals to them to make them feel better yeah well, thank you for the band-aid. Exactly. Exactly. Just another band-aid. Yep. All right. So I feel like that was a good amount spent on my favorite subject. Let's move on. Um, so let's talk about um, let's talk about the subconscious mind. Okay. Um, I do. I do have to say that um, I do have to go to an appointment in about like. 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. Um, so just want to keep that in mind. Um, but yes, the, the subconscious mind is fucking powerful as shit. <laughs> um, it's, it's what keeps all of our programmings, you know, the things that we learn when we grow up. Right. So let me back up. So we all have conditions and programs that our, our mind is running off of. And all of those conditions and, and programmings happen, um, you know, from our upbringing, from trauma, from, you know, sometimes generational trauma, um, through the media, through the television, stories, things that we see re repeatedly. And um, when your subconscious mind has a program stored in it, your ego makes sure that 
you run based off of those programs. And so if you're programmed to believe that you're not worthy, all of your actions are going to match that narrative that you're not worthy, right? You're going to keep sabotaging your, um, your goals in despite your best efforts to put your, you know, to achieve them. And, um, if you think you're this outcast weirdo and that's the narrative in your mind, all of your behaviors, right. Are going to reflect that. Like I'm not worthy. I'm this outcast weirdo. So now my ego is going to uphold this, this, this story. Um, but the thing is, is with like through things like hypnosis and, you know, um, NLP and different things, you can actually change that programming to, to create a better narrative. So that way you're not getting in your own way or you're, you're not getting in the way of, you know, your, your programming. And, um, there's so much power in, in the subconscious mind and it makes up, I'd say probably like 80% of our decisions. Like most of our decisions that we think are conscious are actually unconscious. And, um, yeah, it's wild. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much, so much there. So much. Yes. And I guess the body or the mind or the ego just wants to protect not understanding that now everything just needs to come up and be dealt with that's it yes yes 100 <laughs> percent. and i know you do like the um you do the q h h t right yeah. which deals a lot with the the subconscious and we're basically talking to the subconscious i, I yeah say that um sometimes i say i'm talking to the soul <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll say I'm talking to the subconscious, or I'll say I'm talking to the soul. Yeah. The ego gets kind of moved aside. So who yeah. am I talking to? I'm directly talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful to me. Just being able. It's to super kind of, cool. <laughs> super I, cool. Everything's right there. Just like, hey, we're good. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, let's talk about spiritual awakening. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as far as spiritual awakening goes, like I've had multiple awakenings. I feel like the thing with like the spiritual journey is, you know, you have like your, your initial kind of awakening. And then as you progress through your journey, you have multiple awakenings, like, because you're, you're peeling back all these different layers. And so each layer that you peel back, you're this new version of yourself and you're one step closer to being your true authentic, like who you are at the core, light being yeah. essence, you know? And so um, kind of like, I've been through several. So I had my first, you know, introduction when I was 12 and had the Oracle cards. Um, I've, I would say in my earlier twenties, me like 21 i kind of um had another awakening where i was getting more in tune with my spiritual gifts and then kind of like 25 when i stopped like i was trying not to party as much and trying to you know break away some of those patterns it's like that was another awakening and then the one that happened in you know um was it like 2019 2020-ish that was like a huge one and so it's just like all these different layers of just like these different little bits of rebirths and deaths and, and cycles. Cause that's like, life is very cyclical, right? We think that it's like linear, but it really just goes in cycles. And so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite the journey, <laughs> quite the journey. It's a lot. 
It's a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. I felt like, like, like I've gone through so many, um, you know, kind of like, you know, dark nights of the soul, whatever. And um, when, when the lockdown thing happened, um, I definitely went through an awakening of what's going on in the world. And I was like, yes. oh shit. You know, that's like a different level of just like, yeah. Well, okay. It's a whole nother level. That's a yeah. big shadow that I need to fucking integrate. Mm. Yep. <laughs> that was hard. Yep. That was fucking hard. Like, yeah. Especially that yeah. Like, the kids part. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, that's um I would say like that was that piece of it was probably one of the bigger pieces because while I was open to like this spiritual nature, I wasn't as open to that part like the conspiracies that they you know what I mean like how they label it. But like when you start digging and finding these like um like the proof almost behind some of this and you really dig into it like some of the darker stuff and like what's actually going on in the world it's really um it's it's wild and it's not not like we're going into like uh you know one one uh, aspect and like you know like oh i believe this it's just so many different connections connections yeah. stories um actual proof <laughs> yeah so it's just like yeah um it's hard yeah it, it, yeah and just like lately just a lot of crazy shit going on but like you know i'm just trying to kind of find myself in, in a zero zero point space you know that's yeah you know, not how yeah. my emotions are it's, it's not it's not that i'm bypassing or ignoring it's, it's just i don't think uh we are being productive by being manipulated by using our emotions. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yep. A hundred percent. I love. I want to uh, respect your 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 time as you need to go. And I yeah. just want to say I really appreciate you coming on. It was a yes, thank pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This is wonderful. We had so many wonderful conversations and um you know, I'll have to have you on my podcast as well, because there's a couple of things that I want to dive in deeper with you. Um, cause there's so many like similarities in some of our journey and there's also like a lot of differences and I don't know, it's all very exciting. <laughs> Soon enough. Yes. All right. Everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I will, well, first, um, how can people find you? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so you can find me on Instagram, um, which is Taylor Alina, T-A-Y-L-O-R-A-E-L-I-N-A. -E and then the same thing on TikTok. Um, and then my website if, uh, is lovedbytheuniverse.com. And I actually have a free shadow work guide on there. So if you're interested in getting started in shadow work and, you know, you don't really know where to start, it's like a 70-page guide with like 30-plus um, journal prompts, there's a playlist, everything. So it's a good, good starting point for sure. Beautiful. And um, may I ask you a couple questions real quick? Yeah, of course. So first question, um, what do you, what is your opinion of what New Earth is? 
New Earth. Huh? <laughs> that's a um, that's an interesting one. I feel like New Earth is basically just it's just okay. So you know how the goal with shadow work, right, is to peel back these different layers of the shadows and and to get to the core essence of what our soul truly is. And I feel like that's kind of what true earth is. Like, I feel like true earth is the core essence of what the energy of mother earth is, um, minus all of these shadows and traumas and things that um, have occurred because of humans, essentially, you know? And so it's, um, it's just finding a new way to do things. It's a, it's, it's finding a new way to live, to be, that's more, um, I don't want to say productive, but it's more, it's just healthier. You know what I mean? Like it's a healthier way of living and, and being a human because obviously a lot of the stuff we're doing isn't working. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, that's kind of, um, that's kind of like my general overview, but I can go into greater detail, <laughs> you know. If we had more time, I, I, I would, but um, I'm try yeah. trying to squeeze in as much as I can in a small amount of time. So the next question, if you have any yeah. uh, advice for the humans out there listening to you, whatever comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. So the advice I would give is just, you know, a lot of us live um, in this like fear-based mindset, right? Um, or we sit in these lower frequencies, whether it's, it's in that depressed, that anxiety, that whatever it is. Um, in order to really move through some of these tougher emotions, it's important to understand um, what story you're telling yourself about, about the anxiety or the depression that's attached to it. And also feel your damn feelings, <laughs> feel your damn feelings because the more you suppress them, the more you ignore them, the more you numb them and distract yourself from them the more they're going to come back with with fuller force and in ways that you're not going to be happy with so it's uncomfortable yes but ultimately on the other side of feeling your feelings there's so much freedom there's so much more freedom there's so much more happiness there's so much more room to feel joy there's so much more room to just be yourself and um i think when you allow yourself and give yourself permission to feel your feelings, um, it really, it opens up a lot more doors. And it sounds so simple, but feeling your feelings is actually a lot harder than it sounds. Um, so feeling your feelings isn't weak. Feelings and emotions aren't a weakness, they're actually a strength. And um, when you give yourself permission to do that, there's strength in that, there's a lot of strength in that. Absolutely, I agree. Um, you know, I, 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 I feel like it takes very hard to do it, guys. Yeah. Now let's 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 be brave. Let's let's. Yeah, brave. let's be brave. You know, everyone's scared shitless of something. You know, but people sometimes you have to do things scared. Just do it anyways. You know, look look the fear in the face and be like, look, I see you. I know what you're trying to do right now, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna shake while I do it. I'm gonna maybe have some heart palpitations. You know, I'm gonna acknowledge they're there, but I'm just gonna fucking keep going, and. That's how you make changes. You know, that's how change happens. Yep. <laughs> All right, my love. Go do your thing. Yes. Thank, Thank you so much. Watching.
Bye. Bye.